Hello, everyone. Following the interesting uh, session on bank finance, uh, our discussion now will be on alternative finance. And we have a great panel for that. Um, we have with us, uh, first of all, let me say, I'm Kalyop Garaiskaki from the law firm of HFW, Holman, Fennick and Willem. And we have with us uh, Robert Zan Suget, Managing Director in Direct Ship Finance. Did I pronounce it yeah, correctly? Yeah, very well, very well. Uh, George uh, Ficaris, Managing T Director in Entrust. Um, Jeremy Dean, uh, Principal in Hafen Breakwater. Uh, Mike Kirk, Co-Founder and Managing Director in RMK Capital. And Stefanos Frangos, uh, Chief Representative at the Yield Street uh, in uh, the Athens branch. Uh, in our discussion, we will not uh, cover forms of alternative uh, finance that may have been covered or will be covered in other sessions of this conference, but we will mainly focus on the offerings of our panelists in combination with a general discussion on alternative finance. Um, so let's start. Um, uh, let's start basically with your offerings. So, um, Stefanes, shall we start with you? I understand you may also have a small a small video to show us. Yes, indeed, uh, Carl. Many thanks. It's a privilege and an honor for me to be here in front of such a uh, distinguished audience and distinguished co-panelists. I'd like to start with a uh, short video just demonstrating the strength of retail distribution. So if, if we can please start with the video. Happening at 4 p.m. Eastern time. What you see here is our platform. Uh, and uh, what we're launching at 4 o'clock is an investment uh, uh, in our art finance business. So uh, it's a $10.5 million investment, and as you can see, 100% of it is remaining. It's going to launch in about two minutes, and uh, we will see what happens. So there you go. There you have it guys, uh, 470 investors, 11.72 uh, That sold out faster than uh, Lady Gaga concert actually. Great, so basically uh, the point I'm trying to make with this video is the um, diverse nature of um, sourcing capital through retail, which is... Right, right. Is that better? Yes. All right. So, essentially, uh, financial technology in sourcing capital from retail um, investors is becoming reality. Uh, Hillsit has been in the business of um, uh, financial technology since four years now. We've got an established platform. We've got uh, more than 200,000 
U.S. Um, accredited investors subscribe. That's merely one and a half percent of the overall space. Uh, U.S. accredited investors amount to 14 million in the U.S. that hold about 20 trillion in uh, liquid wealth. So that means that utilizing technology to reach out to all of those investors in an efficient manner is a key benefit when it comes to funding our transactions, including those in the maritime space. Um, on Tuesday, we've announced a major cooperation between BlackRock and Yield Street. BlackRock is world's largest asset manager with um, in excess of seven trillion in assets under management. That provides a testimony as to um, the fact that they, one of the leading players in the space, believe in the future of distribution through fintech. So what does that mean for our borrowers? We engage in a number of asset classes, lending in a number of asset classes. Um, that video showed an art offering. Um, equally successful are um, our marine offerings being sold in, again, few seconds. Um, so that means that we are able uh, to source efficiently, quickly, capital for our maritime transactions. Uh, we first fund those transactions ourselves, uh, utilizing our working capital line, and thereafter uh, we deploy our fintech technology to distribute those uh, to our wide investor base. So uh, reaching to an inexhaustible pool of capital is a benefit for our marine offerings, for our borrowers. Uh, the diverse nature of that capital can also be utilized in different uh, risk-reward structures. There is data, if we wanted, to uh, create groups of risk-reward appetite and allocate those groups to the specific projects that we fund, of course, including uh, the ship financing effort. And what this really all means uh, for our ship owner friends is that um, our capital is flexible. We are able to transact very quickly. We've, we are very proud to have a physical presence with our office in Athens since the beginning of 2019. So, I think that all sounds good news to our ship owner friends and our advisors advising those ship owners. Thank you very much, uh, Stefane. Uh, Mike, would you like to go on? Sure. So, um, ORMK is an investment bank um, focused solely on maritime. So, when we think about alternative finance as ORMK, we think about the entire capital structure. And in fact, we've worked with most everyone on this stage. Uh, in one way or another. Um, but I think right now we're probably talking more about our direct lending, which is Ascension Finance. Um, and there we're just kind of replacing uh, some of the banks that have pulled out of the market. So this is going to look and feel like traditional shipping bank debt. It's sort of 60, 65% LTV, and it's single digit cost. So it's not too expensive, so the ship owner can still make money on the investment. Uh, thank you, Cal. Uh, given your track record, 
Yes. Uh, we would like you to tell us some things about your offering, but perhaps focusing also on what you think you do better than banks or other financiers? Okay, uh, we don't like to boast, but uh, <laughs> we'll try and say something about that. Um, Hayfin is an alternative asset manager. Now, what that actually means is that we invest and manage third-party institutional money. Uh, we're not private equity. We invest very much over a longer-term time horizon. Um, just putting a bit of context on Hayfin overall, we have assets under management of around 14 billion euros across our various strategies. The shipping team, of which I am uh, one member, is one of three sector-specific uh, teams within the firm. And in shipping, we actually have invested capital of around about $2.5 billion. I don't actually like the phrase uh, and to describe ourselves an alternative financier. We are actually a direct lender, and we also have direct asset ownership positions. In terms of how we operate, um, we are sector agnostic. We come to uh, the shipping market looking to build exposure at times when sectors may be uh, weak, and we will be less aggressive as we see sectors move towards up cycles. Um, we like to structure and ensure we structure with sustainable parameters, so that involves an appropriate uh, balance uh, between leverage and cash break-even. We will only operate on a bilateral basis. There's never any syndication, and we don't use back leverage. Um, neither do we have a single product. What we do is a specific uh, structure, client-specific solutions uh, for the appropriate circumstance. We work with established operators who will have good track records, and for them, we are able to play across the capital stack. This can range from firstly owned loans through to uh, direct asset ownership. We don't write small deals, so we tend to start at around $15 million, and without wanting to boast, we genuinely have not yet found a transaction that has exhausted our cap capacity the largest commitment we have open at the moment, waiting to draw, is $250 million. Now, that's on a bilateral basis, and that is something that many banks simply are incapable of doing today. Um, if I give you a flavor of things we've done in Greece, uh, we've done new build financing, we've financed midlife tonnage, and we've actually also done scrap linked financing on a fleet of VLCCs. So we're able to play across the entire age spectrum of assets. Um, we like to work through a long-term relationship with our clients, so we do have many repeat, repeat clients. And in terms of our commitment to the market, whilst we don't have a presence directly here in Greece, we do have nine people in our team who are solely focused on front office origination roles. What they are tasked with doing, including myself, is listening to our clients and structuring transactions appropriately. Now, I guess what we feel sets us apart from our peers is breadth of capability and depth when it, becomes, when it comes to transaction size. Um, we're also acutely aware that the sustainability of our clients' businesses underpins the sustainability of our own business. 
And so we always set out and hope we're found to be a reliable and responsible transaction partner. Thank you very much. And um, moving on to you, George, would you like to tell us the main parameters of uh, your offering? Is it more or less similar to what we have heard? Are there any differences? Yeah, for the sake of not repeating Jeremy's uh, <laughs> latest pitch, um, we have similar structure in the sense that although the majority of what we've done is senior secured debt, we have done also subordinated and preferred equity. And we don't have strict parameters. We pretty much look at anything but passive equity investments. Um, to give a background on Entrust Global and the Blue Ocean Fund, for those who do not know, Entrust Global is a $21 billion global asset manager, and the Blue Ocean Fund is a team of seven focused solely on shipping investments uh, with a combined experience of over 100 years. Our backgrounds include ship owning, operating, banking, uh, amongst others, and we have raised $1.6 billion to date and deployed north of half of that uh, in the shipping industry with uh, a lot of our transactions with ship owners here in Greece. So we have appetite uh, to continue to grow. Um, our expectation here is that we will continue to fundraise and be very active as ship owners have realized that although we may not be the cheapest source of capital out there, we do provide reliability, speed, creative solutions, and best-in-class execution. And that matters when somebody's in a tight squeeze or when somebody is looking for money very quickly. And with our backgrounds, we feel like we can move very quickly. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much. And uh, moving on to you, Robert, yes. having heard all of the previous uh, panelists, uh, if you could tell us a few things about your offering and also whether the option you offer is the only option for certain owners or is it the right option? <laughs> well, if it's the right, whether it's the right option or not, it's not, of, of course, not for me to decide. But um, now we as direct chip finance, we offer plain vanilla bank style senior secured uh, financing. Uh, we aim to launch a $400 million credit fund uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks um, with committed uh, institutional uh, money. Um, if, you, if, you, if I would define a typical direct chip finance client, that would be a European uh, mid-size, uh, privately owned, family owned chip owner with, let's say, a fleet of up to uh, 20 vessels. We have a clear preference for integrated owners, and with integrated owners I mean uh, owners who are directly involved in commercial management and or technical management. It's something that we value very much. With respect to the assets that, uh, that we are focusing on, we are focusing on second-hand tonnage up to 12, 15 years. Uh, we have a clear preference for what I would call the more liquid assets, dry bulk, crude, product, chemicals, LPG. We can look at uh, different asset classes as long as it's uh, classified as what I would call deep sea shipping, but we would do that on a more case-by-case -case, uh, basis. 
And I believe that uh, uh, speed of execution and being consistent in execution is key, especially if you want to be active in the S&P market. Um, and for that, we developed an online portal uh, for ship owners that allows us to streamline the credit process, the approval process, and the documentation process. Um, uh, we, we have standardized, uh, standardized doc uh, documentation, loan documentation, and unless uh, an owner's hobby is to discuss uh, loan documentation uh, forever, um, uh, I believe that will be very time efficient and cost efficient for, uh, for all parties uh, concerned. I mean, uh, I've been doing this uh, little thing uh, for quite a while now, and I think that uh, ship finance, although it's, of course, a serious business because we talk about a lot of money here, but I think it's been made unnecessarily overcomplicated uh, over the last decade, and with direct ship finance, we have a pretty straightforward uh, product to offer to, uh, among others, the Greek owners. Where do we differ from uh, especially the more... Uh, traditional providers of, uh, of ship finance, the banks, not so much compared to the guys sitting uh, at this table today, is, I believe, our underwriting methodology. We focus more on the earning capacity of the underlying asset, let's say cash flow, uh, and maybe a little less than on um, uh, loan-to-value. Um, uh, obviously, uh, within that framework, we have a certain flexibility. Uh, in a high market, we can look at higher leverage deals, uh, sometimes in combination with a front-loaded repayment schedule, but at the same time, um, uh, in, a, in, in a low market, uh, uh, we are there to support anti-cyclical uh, investing um, with uh, back-loaded repayment profiles uh, to support uh, cash flow in early days. Um, I mean, we, we operate out of the Netherlands. We have a dedicated team with uh, a long track record uh, in shipping and in ship finance. And we understand the dynamics, uh, the cyclicality and sometimes volatility of, uh, of shipping. And we try to reflect that in a uh, direct ship finance alone. Thank you very much for that. So we have seen some similarities and some differences between the offerings of our panelists. And let's move on now to an issue that concerns us all and other uh, panels touched on before about the environment. And uh, I would like to ask you to what extent do concerns affecting traditional financiers currently like Poseidon principles and environmental considerations have on your principles' decisions? And do your principles require you to ensure that your investments comply with environmental social governance principles? Uh, Mike, may we start with you? Sure, I think from, I think from our perspective, you know, I think the shipping industry is a very heavily regulated industry as it is. Um, you know, I, I don't think the addition of, uh, you know, additional rules on the ship owners beyond what, you know, has been decided by, you know, several global governing bodies is, is necessarily something that we're going to focus on as a lender. Um, 
so look, I think the, uh, the ideas behind you know, some of these things that are in place make sense, but I think a lot of it is a bit of a marketing effort on behalf of some of the larger banks. <laughs> and um, you know, fortunately, being a small player, we don't have to deal with some of that. It would be interesting if it would be possible to have a debate about that with traditional banks, but maybe at another opportunity. They already left the building. Yes. Uh, Jeremy? I think, um, Sorry. I think the uh, suggestion that it, these are issues that only affect traditional financiers is actually misplaced because certainly for us, we are required by our investors to have a broad engagement with our clients on ESG issues. Um, you know, we will have specific discussions around these issues with company management, and we have to go through an ESG process within the firm before we can get to present a transaction to investment committee. Um, now, the, we spoke about the Poseidon principles earlier, and it was said, I think it was Philip Wunschman who said it on the previous panel, that you know, this addresses only the E and, you know, in the trilogy of three. And, and it's, for us, it's the very broad uh, discussions that we need to have. Now, specifically about the Poseidon Principles, you know, it's recognized by the authors of that particular framework that older ships will have what they measure, this higher carbon intensity than will younger ships. And that probably means that for those of us on this panel, that our rankings would appear to be somewhat less favorable than those who are financing the newest, shiniest ships. But that doesn't in any way mean that any of us are a less responsible lender. We care about all these things and we will address them in our own way. Okay, okay. George? So when talking in your question, um, you mentioned principles, uh, and I just want to point out, as I didn't mention it in my opening remarks, that um, the Blue Ocean team are the principles. We have full discretion to invest the capital, and when we are on the road fundraising, investors do ask that question, what is the carbon footprint? So it is something that we do, have, that we do take seriously and that we do have to consider when investing. Um, the way we look at it is every ship we lend to, every piece of collateral, we thoroughly review technically to make sure that it is something, an asset that will not become obsolete uh, when our loans come due in five years. Because that's really the issue for us is what is the refinanceability of the assets we're lending to. So we focus on the technical aspect very much to make sure that our collateral fleet is not obsolete. And when you talk about fuel efficiency, it was about a decade ago now where that was a very big focus for a lot of ship owners. So the average age of our collateral vessel is under eight years old. The fleet we're lending to is considered fuel efficient uh, based on uh, your standard vessel out there. So it is something we take into account and, and, and will moving forward. Okay, thank you. And you, Robert? running the risk of echoing uh, some of uh, what has been said. Um, obviously, uh, we take sustainability serious. I mean, that goes for everybody in this room, so also behind this table, I guess. At the same time, we are also very realistic about it. If we look at the E, um, our focus is on second-hand tonnage, and on second-hand existing tonnage, you can only do 
so much. Uh, that goes for the owner, that goes for the financier, I guess. With respect to the other two aspects of ESG, uh, we take that very seriously. If you talk about uh, KYC, any money laundering, sanctions and stuff like that, that is uh, a very important uh, uh, element to consider in any credit, uh, credit project that you're looking at. In that sense, I don't think we should differ from any other uh, provider of uh, ship finance, uh, uh, and therefore uh, we value that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we will try to speed up a little bit because we run a bit out of time and catch up with the delays before. So probably the final question, um, to what extent is alternative financing becoming mainstream? And to what extent do you think it is still disruptive to conventional mindset in financing? Stefane, would you like to start on sure. this? Sure, thank you. Um, I think what is disruptive uh, is financial technology stepping into the um, space of distribution to retail investors. Now, alternative financing being disruptive, um, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't also call it yet mainstream. Um, what is evident with regards to alternative financing is that the list of active alternative, or let me put it in a different way, non-bank debt lenders uh, in the last three to five years has grown very considerably. Um, so in my count, that's at least 20 if not more, active lenders, alternative financing, still a senior debt provided by banks will be there uh, for, of course, many years to come. These two are not competing products. Point is that, uh, in my view, alternative financing will grow its significance going forward. Uh, that is evident, There's, there are more people recognizing value being added through alternative financing, and uh, it is certainly a space that we see it will continue to grow going forward. Okay, thank you very much. Mike? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think, I think it is to some extent mainstream already in the sense that I don't think any of us here really feel like we're competing with the traditional banks. I think we're sort of adding a complimentary service on either vessels they won't lend to or maybe credits that they won't lend to. And again, that's not to speak of the credit quality. A lot of times that's just whether it's considered a corporate or not. Um, so I think we're seeing more and more. I think the other interesting thing is you look at the people on this table, you know, everyone's kind of been in shipping a long time. I think the idea of alternative finance was, you know, a hedge fund that was coming in and lending, you know, double digit paper. And for most guys that didn't work out very well. So even the people that are in this for the long term in what's called alternative finance are really kind of traditional ship lenders that are moving into an untapped market. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Jeremy? I think when you talk about uh, disruption, you tend to think of the impact Uber had on the uh, taxi world and perhaps the impact Amazon had on the way we shop. Um, but I think when we look across debt markets generally, the uh, penetration of direct lending has increased in proportion to the way bank lending has fallen away. Now, within shipping, 
as much as we would love, I think, to be able to say, yes, we're there, mm -hmm. direct lending does not yet have sufficient penetration, in my view, to be disruptive. It's very interesting to hear the statistics for the Chinese lessors earlier, because you know, their sort of volumes, portfolios of 59 billion pounds, dollars, I beg your pardon, you know, it does. You know, it's a much, much more significant contribution than we can currently provide on a collective basis. We'll get there, and I, I would like to think we hit disruption when our audience's first thought is, hey, Finn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, George? With regards to being mainstream, uh, I think I have to say resoundingly yes. Shipping is a trillion dollar industry of which half is supported by debt. The main banks uh, that lend to the industry 10, 15 years ago, um, a handful have departed and with that approximately $150 billion of debt. So Blue Ocean being $1.6 billion is a drop in the ocean of the actual opportunity. Our capital is needed. On top of that, the public equity markets are not there. So when you're talking about alternative lenders, you typically mean people who have um, flexibility in how they could structure things. So we are somewhat bridging that gap between the debt and equity that's no longer available. On top of that, the panel before us were um, the very mainstream banks, and they focused a lot on corporate lending. A lot of those banks will not do a transaction unless there's another source of revenue with the ship owner, whether that be through investment banking or something else. This table here is focused on just the lending relationship and we don't need that other source of revenue in order to have a relationship. And absent a, a big bounce back in the public equity markets, I think the alternative lending space is gonna be very active for the foreseeable future. Thank you very much. I should just add that we wouldn't mind investment banking revenue. <laughs> Robert? I will be short uh, after everything that has been said already. Uh, I think, I think truly believe alternative lending is mainstream because it's here to stay. Um, but alternative lending comes in different forms and shapes. I think you've seen examples here. Um, and that I think is, is very good. Um, because although you may argue that uh, the ship finance market becomes, uh, is more fragmented, that also creates options and choices for, uh, for different owners. I mean, if I look at our, at our own proposition, I think where we differ from the more traditional players, if they are still there, is that we have flexibility and we have short decision lines. Uh, I mentioned already the, the nonlinear uh, repayment schedules, but we can also look at uh, longer terms, longer profiles. We can look at pre-agreed skip options to support further investments by an owner and stuff like that. And that makes it, I think, interesting for uh, Greek entrepreneurial owners to look a little bit further than just pricing. I mean, uh, you may argue that around the table we will be a little bit more expensive than the good old days, uh, but everybody has to realize that HSH and RBS are no longer there. Um, and, and rightfully so, is, is the, was mentioned earlier, is that the void uh, of, uh, of ship finance uh, is, 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 is important, is there and there to stay for now. And I think that everybody should take the opportunity to really look to, um, to, uh, to, to find solutions for their specific 
issues on the table in financing, refinancing, or S&P transactions. And uh, therefore, I believe uh, alternative lending is, uh, is here to stay and creates added value to, uh, to the ship, shipping community as a whole. Thank you. Great. So what I'm keeping from this point is that alternative finance is becoming a, a mainstream, but is still disruptive. Th thank you very much to our panelists and our audience. We will leave you here. Thank you. You can all go for a picture. Thank you again. Very interesting panel. Very well done and on time. Thank you so much. Actually, can you uh, adjust the clock to 40 minutes, please? We made a mistake. So, Ted, please come and take over and take us to the wonderful world of uh, capital markets. Thank you very much. Thanks. I hope you're having a good time so far. Yes.